Come on, somebody do that right now. Come on, somebody from the depths of your soul right now. Sing of the goodness of God. Oh, I praise you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you won't let me go. God, that that goodness runs after me, Lord, all the days of my life. Amen. And that you are drawing us today. God, as Brother Dwayne said a moment ago, you're pulling us today. God, you're trying to reach for those, oh God, that seem so far, Lord. They feel like they are so far away, but you're here today reaching, pulling them closer to you, God. We feel that today. Oh, I am so thankful for the goodness of God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Ezra chapter 1. Amen. And then we'll go to Ezra chapter 6. We'll be moving around a little bit. Amen, amen, amen. So thankful for the presence of the Lord. Thankful for what we feel God trying to do today. Amen. I pray that we would all be able to respond today to that presence and that hand. Amen, amen, amen. Ezra chapter 1, we'll read verse 1 and 2. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven, hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me, To build him a house at Jerusalem which is in Judah. Verse 7 it says. Cyrus the king brought forth the vessels of the house of the Lord. The ones which Nebuchadnezzar had brought forth out of Jerusalem. And had put them in the house of his gods. Even those did Cyrus king of Persia bring by the hand of Mithridath the treasurer. And numbered them unto Sheshbazar the prince of Judah. All the vessels of gold and of silver were 5,000 in verse 11. All these did Sheshbazar bring up with them of the captivity that were brought up from Babylon unto Jerusalem. If you will turn to Ezra 6, you will find that they went to the house of scrolls and they found there a roll and therein was a record that was written. In the first year of Cyrus the king, the same Cyrus the king made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be builded. Then they read how everything was supposed to be measured out, where it was to go, what it was supposed to look like. And verse 5 said, And also let the gold and silver vessels of the house of God which Nebuchadnezzar took forth out of the temple which is at Jerusalem and brought unto Babylon, let them be restored and brought again unto the temple which is at Jerusalem. Everyone to his place and place them in the house 
of God. I want to read it later on, but I want to read it again. Uh, Brother Andrew, Ephesians chapter 2. I gave that to him, Ephesians chapter 2. That at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Those of you that were far are being pulled in, are being tugged today by the blood of Christ. Today, for just a little while, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you on this subject. Restored to the right place. Restored to the right place. Father, we love you today. God, I need your help today, Lord. I I know, Lord, the word that you want to go forth. I pray today, God, that you would let me be a willing vessel. God, and I push back against every opposition right now that would want to cling to these vessels. God, as we go to reach for them, as, as you have already begun to do in this place... God, there is an adversary that is fighting because he knows what you're trying to do. He knows that you're trying to restore some people. You're trying to put some things back where they belong. And that adversary is clinging and fighting right now more than he has ever fought. But there are some in the house today that we speak restoration for right now, that before we leave your house today, not only are they in this place, but they're going to be restored in the right place. God, right now we declare it, and we stand on your word. In the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated today. Just a background of the vessels here. Exodus says, Then thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, and the table, and all his vessels, and the candlestick, and his vessels, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all of his vessels, and the laver in his foot, and thou shalt sanctify them, That they may be most holy. Not just the table, not just the candlestick, but there's vessels that are at play here. There's other components and every part of this I want to be set apart and I want them to be holy and used for my purpose. And he said, whatsoever touches them shall be holy. Now in Exodus, these vessels were for the tabernacle. But when the temple was built by Solomon, it said that he too made vessels that served a purpose in the house of God. They were not your common ordinary vessels, but they were vessels that were used for God. They were intended for a holy purpose. But you find in 2 Kings that there was an adversary, a Babylonian empire that came and they conquered Judah. 
They raided the very house of God. Not only did they capture and bind the people of God, but the Bible says that they took the vessels out of the house of God. And not only did they take the vessels away from the house of God, but the Bible says they put them in a place unto their God. The adversary came and removed the vessels from their God-given purpose and placement. And he put them in a place where perhaps he might have influence. Perhaps the adversary thought, if I could just get the vessels outside of their comfort zone... If I could just get the vessels away from their God, maybe, just maybe, they will learn to fall in love with my God. Maybe if I keep the vessels long enough, everyone will forget that I even have the vessels. If I can remove them from the house of God for a few months, maybe the church won't even notice that they're missing. Maybe if I use them for other purposes, they will forget that I put in them a God-given purpose and destiny. Maybe if I put them in the presence of other gods, they will forget their God. And so Nebuchadnezzar takes these vessels and he places them in a place belonging to his God. You need to be careful simply looking for a place because there is an adversary who also has a place for you. If you're just constantly going around looking for something to get involved in, he will find something for you to be involved in. The enemy was not just interested in capturing the people, but his intentions are to make you turn your allegiance without question. His intentions are not just to put chains on you and bind you, but His intentions are that before it's all said and done, that you need to start dressing the way they're dressing. You need to live the way they're living. You need to diet the way that they are dying. For in Daniel, we see this very concept being played out over and over again. Daniel and his fellow countrymen are required to adhere to the teachings and traditions and the diets of the Babylonians. They weren't content just having them hostage. They weren't content having them in chains and locked up. They said, we're not content until they start fulfilling our purpose. Until they start working on our behalf and our benefit. The enemy is never satisfied just taking you away from the house of God. He wants you in other places, doing other things. In Daniel chapter 5, Belshazzar, Bible says, while he tasted the wine, he commanded them to bring the gold and silver vessels, which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which is in Jerusalem. Take those those vessels that were so priceless and so perfect and were set apart to be holy. I want you to bring them that the king and his princes and his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and they began to drink from them. They began to use what was set apart as holy for their own agenda and their own plan and their own purpose. But the Bible says in the same hour, 
came forth fingers of a man's hand and began to write on the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw what was happening and fear gripped his heart and he said, what is transpiring here? And can anybody tell me what's been written? Can anybody tell me what this means? And nobody could. But they said, don't you remember Daniel? Don't you remember the one that God uses and God touches him in a special way? And I bet he could come in and tell us what all of this says. And so Daniel comes in and he sees it. But before he ever reads it, he wants to make sure he's addressing the issue at hand. He's not going to ignore the issue and brush it under the rug. But he says, Belshazzar, you know the outcome of Nebuchadnezzar. You know how he lived his life and he did not change. Yet you have not humbled yourself. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You had the goblets from the temple of God brought into you. And you praise these other vessels which cannot see, hear, or understand. But you did not even honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote this word. The word was many, many tekuyufasen. And it means, many means that God has numbered the days of your reign. And he's brought it to an end. You've had the vessels long enough. You've had something that belongs to him long enough. And so he has sent you fair warning today to tell you these still belong to me. I know you've been using them for something else, but these vessels belong to me. These people that you've had in bondage, they belong to me. Tekomint, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. And Perismet, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. There was a season where the enemy had these things in his possession, but God said, no more. No more are you going to hold on to this one. No more are you going to hold on to that one. No more are you going to keep them in captivity. You're not going to use them for your agenda. You're not going to use them for your purpose. They belong somewhere else. There's a place prepared for them. It's not just in the house of God. It's not just sitting on a pew. But there is a God-given destiny and purpose. And he said, I'm ready to see them restored to the place that they belong. These vessels that had felt the oil, these vessels that had been touched by the priest, by the man of God, they have felt the very presence of the Almighty, and now they're being handled by a ruler who was treating these vessels like they were any other vessels. It no doubt was no good thing that they were outside the presence of God. It was no doubt no good thing to have these vessels somewhere other than where God intended them to be. But then the vessels began being used for a different purpose. And God said, all right, that's enough. 
All right, you, you've, you've had them out. They haven't been in my presence. They haven't been in church. I get it and I understand it. But now you're messing with my vessels. Now you're messing with somebody who's been touched by the man of God. They've been prayed over. They have felt the anointing flowing in their life. They've been used for my purpose. And now you're using them for something so disgraceful. And I've come today to tell you no more. You've been away long enough. Ezra 1, Cyrus said, God hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem. All the vessels of gold and silver were 5,400. All these did Shesh Bazar bring up with them of the captivity that were brought up from the Babylon unto Jerusalem. Shesh Bazar could have said, you know what, we've been freed. We've been let go. They said, all you people, you can get out of here. God's delivered you. God saved you. But Sheshbazar said, oh no, there are some vessels here that I've got to take with me. There are some others that are still here that I know they have felt the hand of God on their life. And it is not enough for us to just be dismissed. It's not enough for the enemy to say, you may go. No, sir, I'm going, but I'm taking what belongs to God with me. I'm going, but I'm taking this one with me. I'm going to keep on marching for God, but I'm going to take this one with me. Because there's a place that he needs to be. It would be easy to go about church and just patty cake with God every day. But there ought to be a chef's bazaar in the house that said, no, I want to restore this one to his place. And I want to restore this one to his place. And I want to restore this one to their place. It's not enough to just keep coming and going through the motions because there are some vessels that I know have felt the anointing. I know have felt a calling on their life. I know they have felt the hand of God use them time and time again but that adversary he pulled them away for a time and they've been out and they've been involved in some other stuff and God said I'm not discarding them I'm not done with them because they don't belong out there they don't belong in his hand they belong in my house It'd be easy to go on and say, things will never be what they once were. There's not even a house of God anymore. Maybe that's true. But there are some things that need to be restored. There are some things that, they matter to God. There are some people here, you matter to God. And so there are some people, they start the building. They're ready to get moving. They're ready to do something for God. But then there's some pesky troublemakers that come in and pretend like they want to be your friend and pretend like they're interested in serving God with you and interested in doing the things of God right alongside of you. And they are there and they are causing trouble in the camp. And they come and they say, hey, let us build with you. Let us do this with you. Let us be a part of this with you. And the entire time you're putting a brick up and you turn around, they're taking it down and putting it to the side. Everything you're building up, they're trying to tear down. And you're sitting there and the Bible says they were there to frustrate them and their purpose. When the 
adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard the children of captivity builded the temple unto the Lord. They came and said, we're here to trouble you in your building. There are some things against you right now. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. Don't you be fooled by them for one second. The word of God says they were hired counselors. They were sent there by somebody else. They were put there by somebody else just to cause confusion in the camp, just to put a rain cloud above your parade, just to throw a wet towel on your burning fire. And the Bible says that they were ready to shut down the work of God. He said, order these men to stop work immediately. Not a lick of rebuilding in that city unless I order it. So they made them quit work. But Ezra 5 said, there was somebody that started preaching. Somebody that started declaring the word of God. And it says they began to preach by the authority of the name of the God of Israel. I don't care what decree you had anybody else write. I don't care what anyone else said. I'm here to tell you what God said. And God said you build a house. God said you get to work. God said you quit worrying about every distraction. You quit worrying about every adversary. I'm going to take care of that. You just keep building. You just keep working. You keep serving me. Because there's a purpose here. It's not just a place for me to dwell, but it's a place for the vessels that they might come and be in my house. It's important for me, but maybe it's important for you too to get some stones and get to work and start building. When the preacher started preaching, then Zerubbabel and Jeshua rose up and the Bible says, and began to build the house of God. Well, there's still adversaries. Oh, there's still haters. There's still people there trying to cause confusion. But now the preacher's voice is louder than the negativity and the doubters and the haters. Now the the word of God, that, that word that came by the authority of the name of God is ringing in my ears. And the Bible says in 5 and 15, And said unto him, Take the vessels. Go and carry them into the temple that is in Jerusalem and let the house of God be built in His place. I want you to get them there right now. Even in the building program. Even in the middle of things coming together. It's important to get the vessels into the house of God. They can't stay out there any longer. It's time they get back into my presence. It's time they get back to where they belong. And it wasn't enough that they were just there. Chapter 5, he said, get them there. But chapter 6, he said, let the vessels be restored and brought again unto the temple. Okay, we've done that. Check. We're here. We're sitting on a pew. Check. I can go home today. No. No. He said, be restored and brought again unto the temple. Everyone to his place. Everyone to his place. You have a God-given place here. You have a purpose here. 
You have a greater calling on your life than just simply being a bystander and, and, and just experience the glory of God from the corner of the building. God said, no, you're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. I know you feel like you're so far. I know you feel like you're on the edge, but that's why I'm here today. I've sent somebody to come and make sure that the vessels are brought back in to make sure before you leave, you're not just restored to a place, but you're restored to the place. But this adversary, Revelations 12 tells us, he knoweth he hath but a short time. That time he has used you for drinking wine and the time he has used you in the purpose of being in the place of his God, he knows it's just for a short time. He ain't going to keep you forever. He don't get to have you forever. But the enemy has used his time very wisely. The enemy has used his time to get things out of alignment. He'll use his time to distract you. He'll use his time to get you bogged down with things that really don't matter. To get you comfortable being away from the house of God. To get you comfortable being faithful to everything but the things going on at church. The enemy wants nothing more than disconnection. He wants division. He wants everyone scattered. And that's why you feel the way that you do right now. Is because an adversary has removed you. Maybe you're still here on a pew. But in your spirit, you just feel so far away from God. And and so far away from where you used to be. And you're so tormented in your mind. And you're thinking, I'm never going to get back to that. I'm in bondage. And and I'm not a somebody. I'm not a big chick children of Israel type person. I'm just a vessel. I was just a part on the table. I wasn't even a part of the whole big process. I was just a little piece on the table that was used. You might have just been a little piece. And you might have just been on the table. But there was a purpose for your life. There was an oil that was poured in you. There was blood that spilled over you. There was a God given direct order for your life. And God said I know you don't see it. And I know you don't understand it, but there is a purpose for you in my house and I need you there. I'm not looking to replace you. I'm not looking to find somebody else. Yes, I get that we preach all the time that we're replaceable and God doesn't need you and God doesn't and somebody can take your place next Sunday. I hear you, but hear me today. God is here to say, I don't want to replace you. I don't want to find somebody else. I want you in the the place that I have for you. I want you teaching a Sunday school class. I want you greeting somebody at the front door. I want you coming into my house and being in a place of worship and being in a place where the oil can fall and it can flow and the man of God can use you again and God can do a work through your life. He had a time frame where he had you outside of where God desired you. But somebody needs to declare his time is up today. Because here's the deal. These are not random vessels. This is not some cheap cut just to get us by. 
This is not somebody being a pew warmer until we can find somebody bigger and better and stronger and wiser and more Holy Ghost. God said, no, you're it. You're the one I've called for this hour. You're the chosen people of this generation. You're the one that I've kept back for such a time as this. You're the reason that I put Paul and Peter and all of them then. And I put you here today for now because I need you. I need you in my house. I have a place that I have prepared just for you it is fitted and framed just together for you to be in there and God said I've come for you today this is not an outsider never knowing the presence of God these vessels understood what it was to be in the house of the Lord and to be used in the service of God these vessels were a big deal They weren't just a spoil of war. They weren't just another piece of treasure to be put up in somebody's house. They were put there for a purpose. And when they felt like their purpose had been stolen. And their identity was somewhere out there. And they didn't know what to do next. And and I can't be used like I used to be used. Because I've been in the hands of the adversary. And I can't be restored into the house of God. Because of the places that I have been. But God said, I'm not asking about that. I'm not worried about that. I have sent a Shesh Bazaar to say, I am not leaving here without the vessels God was about to have a season of restoration not in the sense of putting the vessels back together that possibly were broken God's been doing that God's been restoring lives and putting pieces back together and we felt that in our services but there are some that have been on the outskirts for long enough you've been drifting and removed from your place not on your own accord but circumstances have you bound in a place that is not the house of God which is where you're destined to be but God is about to restore you where you belong. He's about to take you from where you've been and put you back in the hands of the one you belong to and say, no, 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 no. They're not going to be used for this purpose anymore. I'm going to use them for my purpose. Uh, No, no, you're not using them for drugs and alcohol. You're not using them for a mule. You're not using them for that. Uh, They have a greater purpose. Uh, They have a greater identity and it's found in me and in my house. Uh, You're not going to take that and use that for your evil plan Friday after lunch Brother Houston that had flown in to preach our rally Friday night come out of the restaurant when he goes over to the vehicle that he had rented from the airport somebody had busted the window out of his car took his backpack that had his Bible and his iPad and his notes and his AirPods and all of his stuff in that backpack and somebody snatched it and took away 17 minutes after walking into the restaurant, and just like that, an adversary took everything that he needed. But inside that backpack, there was a Bible with highlighted notes, with words that were written. A Bible that was given to him by his pastor over 20 years ago. And Brother Houston, all Friday night, he was so frazzled, and he just was weeping, and he was so shook and upset, and he said, they could keep all the other stuff. Yeah, I'd like to have it back and it makes me mad. But that Bible, that Bible was sacred to me. It was special to me. It meant something to me. 
It had the words that God had given me. It was set apart for a greater purpose. It was something different than just another book. This was the word of God that my pastor had given to me. And I just, I would give anything to have it back. He gets a call yesterday. He'd already landed in New Orleans. Some guy by the name of Jose said, Yes, is this Mr. Houston? He said, yes, sir. He said, hey, I think I found your backpack. He said, well, you found my backpack. Well, what, what's in it? What's in it? Well, there's an iPad in here. And there's some AirPods in here. And there's a Bible in here. And there's this in there. And there's this in here. Everything that was in the backpack was still in the backpack. And as of right now, it's probably on its way to Bogalusa, Louisiana, because we shipped it back to him yesterday. You hear me? God said it's been in the adversary's possession long enough. This is not just something different. This is my word. This is something sacred. It's something holy. And it has a place where it belongs. And I'm going to get it back to the man of God that it belongs to. You hear me? The devil has taken some of you. He's taken some things out of your life. He's tried to rob you. But God said, I'm about to give it back. I'm about to restore. The Bible said everything that the enemy took, God gave it back to David. God gave it back to him. And the Bible said he recovered it all. Shesh Bazaar, don't you leave one vessel. Don't you leave one soul on the pew. Don't you leave one family member forgotten. Each one matters and has a place in the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody needs to start declaring it. Come on, don't worry about what you see and what you've been living in. God, I know I've been far. God, I know I've been on the edge. God, I know I've been struggling. But there's a place for me in your house. God, you've come to talk to me today and tell me I have a place for you. I have a place for you. I want to restore you back to where you belong. Let's all stand all over this house. There's a lie I want to expose right here and right now. A little over two years ago, we were removed from the house of God. We were told we could not come to the house of God. And then when we were finally able to come back to the house of God, we were told this thing that things will never be what they were before. We still hear chirpings of this. Brother Garrett, it'll never be what it was. You're never going to have a move of God like you had. People are too fearful. People are too afraid. They don't want to get sick. They don't want to go through all the things. They don't want to do this. And things will never be what they were. This is our new normal. We might as well just accept it. Our world is never going to be the same. Your school, your job, it's never going to be the same. Oh yeah, church, never going to be the same. 
Go on, you're free. You're free to go. Go back. Go do your thing. And a lot of people said, okay. But I'm so thankful that there were some Shesh Bazaars there that said, "Uh, hold on. Hold on, guys. I'm just as eager to be back in the house of God as you are. I'm just as ready to get back to what we know as, as church as you are. But there's some vessels here. 5,400 to be exact. Oh, brother buddy, we'll find a replacement. We'll substitute joy for something else. We'll substitute the mercies and the grace of God. We'll find something that will suffice. For revival and prayer meetings and fasting, we're not going to go back to all that. We'll find something else that will substitute for that because our world is changing. Our culture is changing. You got to change with it. You got to adapt. You've got to do what they're doing. If you're going to reach this generation, you're going to have to do something different. You're going to have to find another vessel, Brother Malachi. Door knocking's not going to work anymore. You're going to have to do something else. You, you can pray, but we've prayed before and nothing happened. You can go back to that if you want. And so this adversary is taunting. Do what you want. The enemy would love nothing more than for you to abandon all of the things that work. All of the things that have been used by God. All of the vessels. He would love for you to just go on your merry way and abandon all of those things and find a new normal. Times are changing. We've got to change with it. What we know is not going to work anymore. This is our new normal. This may be the world's new normal. But he said, I am the Lord. And I change not. He said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Brother Starks, if prayer worked then, it'll work now. If praise will get me out then, it'll get me out now. If the vessel could be used then, it can be used now. If you were in the presence of God and you had a place before, there's still a place for you today. Don't you dare buy into the lies of the enemy that things are never going to be the same. Maybe not for you, but my mess does not change his message. My situation does not negate his salvation. And my problems do not limit his provision. I agree God doesn't have to repeat himself. I agree God wants you to sing a new song. I agree God wants to do a new thing. I know God does all things new. But there are some things that God has always done and He has always used and it has always worked. And I refuse to go on about my life pretending like it doesn't matter and pretending like I don't need it. I'm so glad we have a building, but the vessels are essential too. God said, oh, we want to build a house, but go get the vessels. Well, they've been in bondage. Go get them. Go get them and bring them back into the house of God. Okay, God. 
God, here's the box of vessels. Okay, now I've got a place for them. There's a place for each and every one of them. There's a place for this one. And there's a place for that one. And there's a place for that one. Well, God, I've been on the outskirts for too long. There's no way you could love me. There's no way you could care about me. But there's a Shesh Bazaar. There's a... There's a Zerubbabel there that's hearing the word of God preached and say, come on, we're going to build the house. You go get the vessels. We're going to do something here. You get the vessels and bring them. And God, oh, I have seen a valley and I have seen sheep that are so far away, almost can't even be seen anymore. And it's devastating when you first look at it. But what Brother Dwayne said today is exactly what what God has set out to do here today and that is to reach for people and say I know you seem so far away but I've come to draw you nigh I know you once were so far away but there's a place right here in an altar for you there's a place right here don't you ever forget it this is where you belong in the house of God there's a place for you in the house of God where the oil can flow again where the blessings can be poured out again God's saying there's a place for you in my house I open these altars today there's a place here for you this morning God is reaching you this morning God is here to draw you this morning into the house of God God, I don't care what the new normal is. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I know what works. I know, God, there's a place for me right here in the house of God. He cut out I belong here. I do belong here. This is where I'm supposed to be. God, he got I'll remember when you were far off. But through the blood of Christ, you've been brought near today. He Lord, thank you. Did somebody saw the value of the vessel? Lord, and they made sure it got restored to the right place. It didn't drag me to a bar. It didn't drag me to a club. It brought me into the presence of God. I'm here for a purpose today. I'm here for a reason today. He cut up a house of the local. 